Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. A uh, long time. It's been a long time since we talked to you guys. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Joining me on the line, Eric Green. Eric, we are reunited today uh, because the Toronto Raptors have finally, after an exhaustive search, found a head coach. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Toronto Raptors are set to name Nick Nurse as the ninth head coach in franchise history. Uh, Mark Stein of New York Times, right before that, had reported uh, that that was where the expectation was leaning. Uh, we knew prior to that point that it had been narrowed down to Nurse and Atura Messina. Uh, Ime Udoka and Sarunas Yaskavicius were in the mix before that. Uh, we also know Rex Kalamian, Jerry Stackhouse, Mike Boonholzer interviewed. Uh, possible that several other candidates interviewed informally, either at the Combine in Chicago or in at NBA Global Camp in Treviso or at a scouting camp in, in L.A. or any number of other places. Uh, the Raptors work in the shadows, except when they take a tour of Messina to 11 for a steak dinner at lunchtime <laughs> and get spotted. Uh, Eric, how are you, man? I'm all right. Doing okay. Nice week we have going on. Yeah, how, how how relieved are you that there's finally some finality on the, the coaching search front? Relieved? I, I don't know if... Yeah, I'm a bit relieved. You know, you, you can start to book some appointments with... With more certainty, you can start to live your life uh, until July 1st, uh, you know, a bit more confidently, which is to say a 1.2 in confidence instead of a 1.0, uh, or I guess 0. 0.0. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. It's good. I'm, I'm glad they did it, and uh, we don't have to be on the edge of our seats or, in the case of you, pre-writing six potential stories. Four in this case. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I had them for Nurse, uh, Nurse Messina, uh, Udoka, and Yeskavicious. Uh, wow. I had hyped myself into Sarunas, uh, pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. Even though he's inexperienced and only has two years of head coaching, uh, and the European game is very, very different. The combination of his competitive fire and him being funny and all the reports being positive and talking to Axel Tupon about what he's like as a coach, uh, I had sold myself. But I'm super biased because he was also one of my favorites to watch. Yeah, what was it about his game that you really liked? Uh, mostly that, like, as I was just starting to watch basketball, like, the first two Olympics that I watched, he just went bonkers against the U.S. He dropped, like, oh, oh. 27 in a tight loss in 2000, and then I think 28 in an upset victory in 2004. So it was like, you know, that you don't, at that point, I didn't know a ton of European players. I'm like, oh, my God, there are guys like this outside of the NBA who can hang 30 on a bunch of NBA players and pull off an upset. Uh, obviously, when he came over to the NBA, it was a little less exciting. But, uh, yeah, yeah he's he seems like he's going to be a, a really good coach down the line. So, uh, too, yeah. so too does Ime Udoka and Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, for Atori Messina, who's 59 years old, I don't know if the opportunity is going to come now because – there were nine coaching vacancies this year, and I don't think, and I think this is part of why Dwayne Casey agreed to go to Detroit uh, instead of taking a year off, is, you know, projecting ahead, if nine teams just hired a new coach and you say another eight to ten will safely be good next year, uh, you know, where are the, where is the coaching turnover coming from? Where are the situations better than Detroit or better than Toronto? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough thing to, uh, prognosticate where obviously was it two years ago there were no coaching changes for more than a calendar year yeah and it was the first time uh, in forever yeah so these things can vary but 
you never know. Messina has a great resume and it seems like he, he would very much like to be an NBA head coach just to, uh, you know, get that opportunity really in, in what is one of the more storied international coaching careers. Uh, but he's also a veteran type coach who you don't bring in for like a rebuilding pro- project necessarily. And, and I think the tricky thing about that is, you know, you, then you're looking for a team somewhere in the middle or a team that had success that needs a new voice. And the teams that made those changes, Toronto and Milwaukee, uh, am I missing anybody else obvious that wasn't sort of a blatant catastrophe this season? I mean, I guess uh, Detroit falls in blatant catastrophe. Yeah. Um, you're looking, but, but I, Detroit sort of has a, as an established core yes. and isn't looking to go as young. Uh, so those are three opportunities where you would think somebody with his skill set. Oh, and Charlotte, people, I guess, would be the other one. Yeah, they, they go. Yeah. Uh, they were a bit of a blatant catastrophe record wise, at least, even yeah. though their, their numbers don't necessarily suggest that. Uh, he would, be the type of guy considered in those jobs. And, you know, he was one of the finalists in both Toronto and Milwaukee. And uh, so those opportunities will come around again, whether he sticks around or wants to go back to Europe to have a little bit more control. Who knows? Oh, my goodness. Okay, a picture just popped up on the timeline of Nick Young arriving to the championship parade, and it's amazing. Uh, oh, the one with him with a cigar. and yes. uh and no yeah. shirt, of course. Or a shirt unbuttoned. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a lot. Instead of the guys that they didn't hire, we should probably talk about the guy they did hire, Nick Nurse. Yes. Eric, you just had a piece drop at The Athletic um, going into a little bit about what Nick Nurse is about. You talked to Ture Murray. Um, you talked to uh, a New Orleans Pelicans assistant who coached with Nick Nurse in England. Um, you know, I can probably offer the G League perspective, but why don't you fill us in on what you've been able to gather uh, about Nurse? Because... You know, this kind of hung over everything, and you and I talked about it way back when, is that it's really hard to evaluate coaching candidates, especially ones without NBA head coaching experience, because, you know, you don't know that their philosophy from the G League or from Europe will carry over to the NBA. You don't know how they'd handle a different roster. You don't know if they're, you know, dogmatic about their system or if they're that's just what they ran in the last spot. Uh, in Nurse's case, you don't know, you know, how collaborative it was with Casey or how much input he actually had. Um, and then, you know, younger people like Udoka or Jaron Collins and Golden State, who, who I was, you know, hoping got uh, brought into the, the interview process, um, you just don't know what they're going to be like uh, just because they come from a certain team. So um, there's a lot we don't know and won't know until things get underway in, in training camp, maybe even until the, the playoffs when we see if the improvement the Raptors need to make is actually there. But what can you tell us about Nick Nurse uh, from the outset here? Yeah, uh, I I mean, I, I talked to a few players who have played for him in the D-League before. Uh, I talked to Chris Finch in New Orleans. That was from earlier in the year in an interview. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to a few more people as I try to work on something bigger. Um, I think we know kind of what he's about X's and O's wise, uh, which is interesting because that's sort of what Raptors fans have been obsessing about and, and were Casey, Dwayne Casey's perceived weaknesses. Uh, you know, what he did with the offense this year uh, has been well-covered territory. I don't think he's necessarily dogmatic about it. I think one of his best 
one of his best uh, traits is his adaptability. And that's big not only for whatever roster changes come immediately, but as this team transitions into a different stage uh, of the of of its um, of its existence. And I think that's why Nurse is, is an interesting hire, because even if he's 50, which is, you know, getting up there for an NBA coach, he is a guy that figures to be able to adapt and move with the roster and and you know levels of competitiveness. Uh, so what I've really been curious about is what sort of uh, command does he have over a locker room? And Toure Murray told me he's just a guy who forges uh, very strong individual relationships and, and you know gets with guys one to fifteen, which is sort of the quote you expect to hear from a, an ex player who's yeah. uh, feels indebted to him. For, uh, for what it's worth, um, I do know that uh, the bigs on the team, specifically Bebe and Jonas Valanciunas, spoke highly of him, and I've been told that Kyle Lowry is a really big fan. So yeah, and that's you know Nurse comes from a very analytical background. Rio Grande Valley was. Or remains, I should say, Houston's uh, G League affiliate, and that's where he really vaulted himself up into possible and onto the NBA radar, I should say. Uh, but he's, you know, Chris Finch told me that when they were battling in Britain, for example, he actually Chris Finch saw Nick Nurse as a better defensive mind than offensive mind, which was super so for, interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. So for all of the talk about how he changed the Raptors' offense, and yes, that's what he was in charge of. He does, or at least did, have those chops and does have that mind, and it stands to reason. If you know how an offense works, you can spend a lot of time figuring out how you would try to counteract that. Um, which goes back to we don't know what he will run as a head coach, and we don't yeah. know. I think role. we have a better idea on offense. Yeah, um, but I think this is a guy who's going to, you know, not going to be afraid to try new things and not going to be afraid to uh, really adapt with the roster, and he's not going to try and put, you know, a square peg into a round hole. Yes, so offensively, where we know a little bit more, um, obviously we saw this year, we saw a move to a little bit more ball movement, a little bit off, more off-ball movement, and an emphasis on playmaking from every position on the floor. And I think I think that's something that's going to get dialed up a little bit more. Um, I think, you know, obviously the progression for guys like Valanciunas and Pirtle in those four-on-three spots underneath traps is important. Uh, I think how Siakam and Ananobi develop as more multifaceted offensive pieces could be huge in terms of having three or four guys you trust with the ball on the floor. Um, obviously, the way the roster is currently constructed, you kind of just have to fit Serge Ibaka in where where you can within that. And, and he's still, you know, obviously a solid three-point shooter and a good pick-and-pop threat. Uh, he's just the one guy that I don't really trust the to make those developments as, as a playmaker and a decision maker, um, you know, talking to Nurse in the past about how to use the bigs differently. Um, he was a big fan of Lucas Nogueira's passing ability. Obviously, um, he was, you know, he, for for longer than just last year, he wanted Jonas Valanciunas' touches to come in more improvised ways where, you know, maybe you sprint down the lane and then go into a post-up if there's a mismatch there. Um, maybe you get used on the roll a little bit more. Uh, maybe your post-up is a decoy and there's a cutter around your split cuts over top. Um, and as Valanciunas improves as a passer, though, those become better options too. Um, in general, I think the one thing that might stand out statistically is last year, DeMar DeRozan had a 30% usage rate, Kyle Lowry down to 22%. 
I would expect those numbers to be a little closer to each other. Um, I think with the style, reading tea leaves, the style Nurse would like to play, um, you know, the the value of Lowry's gravitational pull and his elite three-point shooting on high volume uh, is, and the fact that he's the team's best passer, um, you know, I know Dwayne Casey was fond of saying DeMar DeRozan is the team's best point guard, and, and I think what he meant was the team was best off with DeMar initiating the offense and Lowry spacing out. Um, I think that might shift a little bit. I think part of the plan is probably to, um, you know, make even more of Lowry, who had a 60% true shooting percentage uh, again this year um, and is such a such a pull-up threat, which opens up a lot of things. Uh, defensively... That, sorry, that runs into the question of how do you use DeMar as an off-ball threat, which has yes. sort of been an ongoing question and concern and and assuming the whole roster or most of the roster is back that will be one of his uh biggest tasks yeah because and that's a tough one because you don't want him just spotting up because we saw in the playoffs you know teams are just going to ignore him and then you know fred van vliet or delon Wright are driving into extra traffic um you know they they do have a lot of stuff to run demar through actions inside the arc and maybe you see more of that um i'm not sure i'm not sure exactly how it's going to look uh, bigger questions defensively, probably, given that the offense has been top five, uh, top ten five years in a row and was the number two offense in the playoffs this year. Um, I've seen some people tweet at me or comment on posts that uh, that were rewarding or the Raptors are rewarding a guy when the the offense collapse hit the the move to his offense collapsed in the playoffs. The Raptors scored even even more in the playoffs than they did in the regular season uh, on a per-possession basis. So Yeah, I mean, the defenses they were playing, not great, but... Sure, the Wizards score, were average, yeah. Yeah. If you score 110 points per 100 possessions, the offense isn't the problem. Yes. Probably. So, defensively, um, we know, I'm sure, what Britain did is not entirely transferable <laughs> here. Um, do you, you think so? I think... Uh, I think when I was talking to them about those teams, uh, they were saying like that all their, their best players, uh, with the exception of Lou Aldang were pretty much like fours and fives. So, uh, yeah. it, it wasn't, uh, yeah, not necessarily transferable. And again, I think it's going to come down to the roster. Yeah. Uh, he is not dogmatic and i know i keep on using that word because, because i used it first and it's in your head now um sure did you i don't yeah, remember i think so okay um but he's not going to get married to a system and he's a guy who's really going to try and make the most of the roster and that can mean any number of things uh it, it will probably you know for one i think He's somebody who will experiment more during the regular season uh, and, you know, mix in more looks, even if it leads to short-term discomfort, I'm Which sure. is something I wrote about at the end of the year, and, and when Casey was let go, I kind of, you know, I didn't have a specific target because of how little we know, but basically I, I was hoping that they wouldn't go through a bunch of retreads, which they didn't. Budenholzer was the only yeah. guy with NBA head coaching experience that was reported to get an interview, um, that they take their time and not rush, you know, making a splash or, or whatever, and they did that. And then that the person brought in would be a little more experimentational and a little more focused on the micro of what's going to work in the playoffs. Um, Dwayne Casey improved a ton as a coach. He was a great coach, obviously, uh, very, very good with the macro stuff, like culture building and system installation. Um, if there was a knock on him, it was in-game adjustments and playoff rotations and um, maximizing matchups and things like that. So, 
Um, the fact that Nurse figures to be more flexible, um, and I think experimenting throughout the regular season is, is a good point, Eric, and I think it's a necessary one. Um, as tough as that is when you're winning games and, uh, you know, and, and everything you're operating with is working, you know, sometimes it might be worth taking some lumps to see what different lineup combinations can do um, or what different defensive looks can do because then you don't run into a postseason situation where you're using lineups that have played one minute together all year, um, even if some of those were effective. You know, I think you'll I think you'll experiment a little more. Um, in terms of, uh, obviously, Nick Nurse is not going to have say over personnel. There's no way that this, uh, this negotiation went that way. Um, I would think, I, I wrote when I was doing my most likely to least likely to return that um, Lucas Noguera is the least likely to be back, but if Nick Nurse was hired, maybe it's slightly more likely. Um, so I'm still holding out hope that Lucas Noguera will be back. Uh, do you see the Nurse hiring as indicating anything about which direction uh, an off-season roster tweaking may go? No. It's just Nusayu Jerry is going to operate on what he thinks are the best opportunities out there. And I don't think he would be, I don't think any coaching hire would have really changed that, especially among the seven, uh, that we know that he interviewed. I, I think Messiah Jerry's an opportunist. He looks to win deals decisively. He's, he's sort of conservative in that way and that it takes a lot for him to, to pull the trigger on a move, we saw that with Dwayne Casey, who, you know, was here longer than almost everybody expected. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, I, I think this roster is crying out for, you know, a bit, you know, more shooting and more versatility on the wings. Uh, that, because, that kind of stuff is available without a draft pick and without any cap space, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's easy to get three and D players. Um, so it'll be fine. Uh, so, and, and that's what, you know, that's what would suit Nurse as a coach. Um, so no, it doesn't mean anything about the roster. Uh, the jury's gonna do his due diligence. I still think there's a decent chance that we have a, you know, a sizable trade that nobody really thinks is coming that isn't just about a luxury tax. Uh, just because I don't think, you know, regardless of if they hired a big splashy name or hire an assistant, uh, which we can talk about a bit, the optics of hiring an assistant to the head coach you just fired, uh, if you want. Uh, it's, you know, this is a team that might need a bit of a, a makeover in terms of its, you know, mental makeup and, and its sort of roster makeup. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade there, but I don't think the coach, the coach says anything about what's to come. I agree with you. However, I figured we were going to get asked that question, so I thought I should pose it to you. In terms yeah. of the optics, that's probably the are the most you know debatable thing about this entire thing. We've covered that we don't know a ton, obviously, uh, about how these assistant coaches or first-time coaches are going to perform in the role. Uh, there's a lot left to be seen with Nurse, but the optics of this. You know, waiting a month to hire a guy that you had in-house and also hiring the assistant, the five-year assistant, not even a one-year assistant, of the guy you just let go. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't think much of it. I think they took their time. They explored a lot of options, and they made the choice. You know, look, Masai Ujiri's never hired a head coach before. He wasn't going to take this lightly. Um, I don't think the nurse hire is a cop-out or, or anything like that. Um, but I get that optically... 
it looks like, you know, things are basically going to be the same or there's not a lot of dramatic change or maybe Casey, you know, now looks like a scapegoat rather than it being a, a dramatic change at the helm. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all that, but I, I understand that it may look that way. What What is, what are your thoughts on how this kind of looks, whether it's the timing of it, whether it's going to a Casey assistant in general, um, what's your feeling here? The timing, I really, I mean, I don't care about much of it, but the timing I certainly don't care about. If he would have hired Nick Nurse a week after firing Dwayne Casey, people would have said, why did he do that so quickly? Um, and so for him to take his time and to talk to the people he thought were was worthwhile, uh, that's good, in my opinion. And there was no pressing timeline for them to figure it out. They don't have a draft pick. Uh, they don't really have much in the way of free agency options unless LeBron decides he wants to be a Raptor above all else. Uh, and, uh, so that, from the timing perspective, I don't care. Uh, I get fans who are like, here's a guy who was one of Dwayne Casey's top lieutenants, uh, for five years. Here we go again. This franchise is, you know, afraid of change. They're never going to win this way. And I would point you back to the beginning of this conversation. You don't know everything there is to know about Nick Nurse by his five years as an assistant coach in Toronto. Because let's just, for one thing, talk about the offensive changes from two years ago to this past year. That, you know, for there were four years of evidence, certainly three years of evidence, that he was designing this one kind of offense. And then the next year, they completely, not completely, but changed it dramatically uh, with more of his input, uh, I think, by, you know, by what everybody said, Dwayne Casey, Nick Nurse, Masai Ujiri said, uh, Nick Nurse had more of a say in the offense, uh, and it shifted uh, quite significantly. So, and that's just one small example of how him having more input change things and there's probably dozens of things that happened over the time that we don't know about where he had this shift so if he has you know the most power on the staff new elements of uh his worldview uh, regarding this team and basketball in general are going to come out uh you don't know everything there is to know about a coach uh, based on his time as an assistant yeah i would also say too that anyone looking for a dramatic overhaul uh in general i mean the team was really good which is, you know, maybe a case to have kept Casey, but it's not like the Raptors, they're in a weird spot, and it's almost a no-win for Ujiri and Nick Nurse having let Casey go. Um, not no-win, but it's it's a tough situation to land in where you're almost definitely not repeating 59 wins, no matter how good a coach you are. Because, like, like Lowry and DeRozan are not going uninjured. Lowry, DeRozan, Valanciunas, Ibaka are not missing a combined, like, 10 games or whatever they missed last year. Again, that's just not going to happen um and then you know the, as the east gets a little better and, and maybe you prioritize things like experimentation um and getting guys experience in different roles maybe that that sees your win total come down a little bit um so really this isn't going to get measured until the playoffs and then even then you know the defensive system could definitely use some i don't know diversifying i guess so they're not they're not beholden to this switch heavy approach that that allows for you know, picking out matchups and exploiting them. Um, but, like, offensively, they don't need to change a ton. They need to shoot threes better, and they need to move the ball better still, and a lot of that is going to be internal development. 
Um, but yeah, a lot of it is just like how composed they are in the playoffs and how well they stick yeah. to things and how they game plan for specific opponents. Um, so it's going to be weird. What I hope doesn't happen is that the Raptors come out and they win at a 50-win pace all year, and so they've taken a step back in the standings, and they're the third or fourth seed, um, and the numbers are a little less impressive. And that's, you know, we all lose sight of the fact that it was the playoffs that we're going to measure this by. Um, of course, the playoffs are noisy too, so this might be a thing we don't really have answers for unless Nurse is either really, really bad or really, really good. If he's somewhere in between, which is where a lot of coaches fall, then, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know. It, it's a, it's going to be a tough spot to evaluate the kind of changes. And I think who he adds to his staff or who Ujiri adds to his staff will, will give us some indication. And then as you said, you know, look, as much as there's a lot of pressure on Nurse taking over for the best coach in franchise history, there's a lot of pressure on Ujiri for the offseason, which is something we talked about at the end of the year. Yeah, the burden of proof for whoever came in and the team in general is always going to be high. And, and like, if you thought the regular season meant nothing last year, just wait until this year. Yeah, it <laughs> like, means like nothing. Like, they're, you know, every conclusion, we should just put, like, a preface at the top of all of our articles saying, I know this is the regular season and nothing means anything. No, until- this doesn't matter, but-, but please read and subscribe anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's going to be about the postseason and it's going to be, you know, unless some miracles happen, the regular season record is going to be less wanting compared to last year, but that shouldn't be a big deal. Like it shouldn't uh, be. Look at where 59 wins in the one seed got you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, Ujiri is sort of the guy who is most interesting within the organization right now. Uh, he's got a, you know, interesting, difficult cap situation on his hands. We don't know what ownership's view. We've heard that ownership's willing to pay the tax, but we don't know how last year's flame out uh, will affect that. Uh, and he has some, you know, inarguably bad contracts on the books now, uh, and at least some inconvenient ones. Uh, all of which are his doing. So it's going to take some maneuvering, and maybe if you want to see some, you know, change, it's going to take Masayu Jerry being a bit more aggressive than he has in the past. Which is something you wrote about. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Worth pushing that article again, maybe, um, now that the coaching thing is settled. Um, obviously, I think once they have a press conference and introduce Nick Nurse or reintroduce Nick Nurse or whatever you call it when a guy's just getting promoted – uh, we'll have a little bit more. Obviously, they're not going to give anything away, but I'm sure Ujiri will give a little bit more about what went into the process um, beyond the rumblings we've heard. And Nick might give a little bit of an idea of where he wants to take things. Um, you know, we talked about how it's not, you know, the timeline wasn't super important without a draft pick. I do think it's helpful for the players for planning their offseason development stuff. Um, I think it's probably beneficial to now be able to get the whole offseason to sort assistance out where you have you know, Nick Nurse's spot to fill now, Jerry Stackhouse's spot to fill now, potentially Rex Kalamian's spot to fill now. I would um, imagine so. Yeah. And then, you know, that that leaves you with Jama Malalela as the only front row assistant carried over. Um, you know, maybe he gets bumped up and the 905 job isn't attractive to him. Maybe it's Patrick Matumbo getting the 905 job. Maybe it's Nathaniel Mitchell. I'm not sure, but but somewhere, you know, you now have two maybe three holes to fill on your assistant coaching staff. And because Nurse is a first-time head coach, um, you want 
you know, you want good names there. So he's going to probably, I don't know what kind of coaching connections he has around the league since he's been in Toronto for so long. Um, I'm not sure if Ujiri, you know, hey, maybe Ujiri doubles back on Udoka and is like, hey, you want to be the lead assistant since we got far in the interview process and, and you know, you're, you're the second chair in San Antonio, maybe something like that happens. Uh, for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, because they're both Iowa people. I have it in my head. Maybe Nick Collison wants to try his hand at coaching <laughs> now that he's now that he's retired, so we could bring Nick Collison in. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, I mentioned him earlier, and I don't know how realistic a, a target it would be, but I, I think Jaron Collins is due a promotion from where he is on the Golden State bench, and, and he's a super interesting um, coach in my mind. Who, from what we hear, seems like the kind of guy who would vibe well with nurses you know, creative, outside-the-box, problem-solving approach. So um, lots to come to kind of get an idea of what this coaching staff is going to look like. Indeed. Uh, and that even before you discuss the sort of knee-jerk reaction to wanting an experienced head coach on the bench uh, when there is a rookie head coach yeah. uh, leading things. But who knows if the Raptors will subscribe to that orthodoxy because – they're an organization that isn't terribly afraid to uh, push that aside. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't know who's out there. You know, you look around benches, you look around front offices. You know, Monty Williams would have been a nice lead assistant, but he's off to he's off to Philly, right? Yes. Yeah, um, he would have been a nice one. Um, I don't know. We'll see. There's lots to come on that front, which should be interesting. Um, and then, nicely, we don't have to be tethered. I don't have to be tethered to my phone now for every. Every minute of the day and carrying a laptop with me just in case the coaching news comes down. So that's nice. Good for us. Until July 1st, yeah. We're the um, real winners. Well, yeah. we're, you know, it'll be tough to leave the, leave our respective apartments for four or five days. Yeah. Uh, 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 July 1st. So that's just part of the job. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I like it. Um, yeah, but then August and September, my man. I just booked an Ireland trip. You're going to Ireland. I am. August 26th is September 6th. Uh, August 26th is September 6th. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, between free agency and FIBA qualifiers, and then I'll go off to Summer League, it'll be it'll be an interesting time. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool, cool. Do you have anything else you, you want to say on the Nick Nurse front? No. Good for him. Do you have anything else you want to say in general? Um, No. No, it's good to talk to the people again. How was your birthday? It was fine. Went to Pizzeria Via Mercanti, had a nice meal, um, sat on a patio for some of the afternoon. Uh, no complaints. Nice. I'm sorry I can't make it on the weekend. Uh, it's okay. I, I know certain, certain teen sensations come before me. It's more that my mother comes first. And teen sensations come first for yeah. her. Yes. Yeah. And Casey Musgraves comes first for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is she me. opening? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm going to ask her to marry me. Um, uh, isn't, like, her whole album about, like, a good relationship? Yeah. I'm not actually going to do that. Um, okay. You know me. Painfully no. incapable of shooting a shot in any any sense of the word. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, in case you were feeling yourself, I wanted to... I am not. Literally never. Yeah. Uh, okay, man. How's Walter? 
sleeping a lot, not loving his current food, uh, okay. but he's okay. Yeah. I have to take him for a walk after I uh, make a few phone calls. I just took Luther for a walk, my subletter's dog, before yeah. we hopped on here, so it's nice yeah. to have dogs around. Uh, quick, who's going to win Money in the Bank? Ooh, uh, the Miz. Yeah. I think uh-huh. he's the, I, there, there are reports that it's going to go to a raw guy, but no one's, no one's as interesting with that money in the bank as the Miz. Uh, and on the woman's side? James Ellsworth. He's not in the woman's match. He won the first ever woman's money in the bank match and he wasn't in that one. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. He, well, he climbed up and stole the briefcase for Carmella. Oh, okay. Uh, who are your picks? Uh, I'll take Samoa Joe and Ember Moon. All right, Ember Moon's a good pick. Uh, she's good. She is good. I like her a lot better since she came up than I did in NXT. Yeah. Uh, also, she... though, I've had a real problem. Like, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown in, like, weeks now. Uh, I just kind of keep up with what's happening because there's been so much good Japanese wrestling, and it's just like the, the chasm between the Japanese stuff and the WWE product is remarkable. Yeah. You should check out that Kenny Omega Kazuchika Okada match that I wrote about. Uh, I'll consider it, but it's probably not going to happen. It's probably the best match I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't actually like wrestling. I just like promos. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Well, then WWE is definitely where you want to be. Uh, <laughs> although you would, so obviously the promos in Japanese wrestling are largely j- Japanese, um, but the there's a there's a Twitter account that screen caps them in English. And yeah. I think you'd get a real kick out of Hiromu Takahashi. He is, uh, he's out there. Yeah. Uh, I will, uh, I will consider that. Okay. Uh, anything else? What do we got? There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. We've, been but... just, we've just been waiting on this and now there's nothing to talk about unless they buy into the draft. Yeah. Second round pick. Which I think they're going to do. Next Bruno. Yeah. Um, Let's hope so. Except it will never be as meaningful because I didn't use first round capital on them. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, Blake. All right, man. Uh, you have a wonderful day. I'll probably see you tomorrow or Thursday for the press conference whenever it's going to go down. Indeed. Or maybe, or maybe they, they jerk us around and drag it out the next week. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, as long as there's notice. Yeah. Just the, the content mill's got to got to churn. So, all right, buddy. Content. Content needs to be contented. It's true. Um, all right, man. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, listeners. Guys, we'll uh, we'll talk to you. I don't know. Maybe we'll do one pre-July first and kind of reset some of the the off-season talking points. Talk about the lack of options of, yeah. of actors. We go. Yeah, we got to get people need podcasts, man. Even in the even when there's not that much to talk about. So yeah, I hear that. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. See you.